everyone, welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm your host, Junior Binu, along with my co-host, Anthony Toma. And today, hey, buddy. I've got my... <laughs> What's up, Burry? <laughs> today we've got a uh, uh, close special guest to me. <laughs> you know, I got my uh, brother, Omar Binu, here Roommate. today. Roommate. Roommate. <laughs> I'm his pain Part, in his... Partner in crime. Yeah, pain in his Sherma. <laughs> so we've got Omar Binu today to be able to give us a rundown of some of his life experiences along with stuff that he's currently doing in the community and some of the stuff he actually has done in the community. Many of you may recognize him from playing the piano at church on Sundays. Is it an organ or piano? It's a piano. It's okay. what I, I mean, I do either or. Yep. Right. yep. So so a lot of you would, would recognize him from that and along with other things that he's done from the Nadi and uh, social media, his battles that he goes through on there constantly. <laughs> so... We're here to introduce my brother. From those. He retired from those? <laughs> yeah. All right. So he retired. So we've got the new and improved 2.0 Omar yeah. Bindu. 2020 version. Yeah. Yep. We got that. So how's it going, brother? It's going good. Thank good you for having me. Good to have you. I'm glad you drove us over here this morning. You Great. got us here in a hurry, so it was pretty Finally. Fast. Finally got you in the studio, man. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes. It's awesome. So let's get to talking a bit about some of your experiences growing up and uh, where you are today in life and what we expect out of you in the future. Sure. Uh, so I was born with uh, a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. It is a, it's a condition that affects the retinas, which are the back, uh, the, you know, back most part of the eye. Uh, they are what connect to the brain and they're pretty much what transfer the images to the brain. Um, essentially what happens is uh, we have cells in there called photoreceptor cells. And in the condition of retinitis pigmentosa, these cells are dying. So your vision loss uh, usually is gradual. Um, <coughs> when I was born, I was, you know, I'm, I'm still considered legally blind because I can still see light and dark, but I had more vision when I was younger uh, to the point of where, you know, I could, I could actually drive, ride my bike around our subdivision. I could even play video games, and I used to kick Junior's ass in <laughs> video games all the time. Of course, Anthony, you probably remember the Atari 2600. Oh, yeah. You know, for any old schoolers watching this, we all had fun with that. Uh, and then Nintendo came along and... Joystick and a button. Yeah, exactly. And, and now they got fucking consoles. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, but uh, Junior and I used to have the Nintendo in our room, and that came out, and we used to stay up late. And What's the age difference between you two? Uh, he's... I'm, I'm 48 and he's 45, so in three years. Yep. Okay. So, um, when I when I was born uh, in the hood, you might say, we're mm -hmm. on Seven Mile. All right. You know where most of us were back then. Um, and so my dad was killed when I was three in his party store. Um, Marianne, my sister, was two, and my mom was pregnant with Junior. Uh, after he was killed, we moved to uh, some townhouses in Southfield. Um, and in 1978, my dad was killed in, uh, on 9-11-74. Um, Junior was born in January of 75. And so, you know, after he was killed, we lived in Southfield for a few years. And then in 1978, we moved to West Bloomfield. Um, I was, at that time, I was about seven or eight, and I was attending, uh, schools in Pontiac. They were schools, um specifically designated to those with special needs. Uh, my parents wanted me to start attending, attending regular schools. They felt it was, would be better for me socially uh, and academically. 
both parts which they were absolutely correct about. Mm-hmm. Um, How so? So, <clears throat> I think it's I think it's not good, and I've come to see that. I, I came to see that in later years, but to isolate somebody and put them in a specific with a specific group and leave them there, uh, I think it hinders their growth. You know, it stunts their progress socially and in any other capacity. In the real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you're basically keeping them sheltered. Mm -hmm. You know, which that doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, You know, it's changed a lot. So my parents fought to get me into uh, Doherty Elementary. And so that was my first uh, quote-unquote regular school. Uh, I I started there in the middle of my fourth grade year. After that, I went to Orchard Lake Middle School, and then went to finally went to West Bloomfield High School. Um, you know, finished up everything there. Um, in the mid '80s, I was probably in about middle school. Well, well, back when I was in elementary school, I learned to read Braille, and I became recognized as the best Braille reader in Oakland County. Um, when I reached middle school at Orchard Lake, is when technology. Uh, started developing for the blind where we were, you know, using screen readers, started using screen readers uh, to work with computers. The technology was still, you know, in its infancy, so it was pretty primitive, but it was a start. Uh, I was still reading Braille, and then uh, cassette books came out also, whether they were textbooks or novels, uh, those came out in the 70s, you know, and then the 80s. Of course, I was heavily into the audio and using the cassette tapes and whatnot for both um, school and for uh, recreation, you know, uh, reading novels and whatnot. When I got to high school, oh, and I also, uh, I have so much to say, I keep forgetting, but uh, <laughs> uh, I started playing the piano, like a little toy piano, when I was about five years old. Um, I was going to ask you when the music came in, but mm-hmm. now we know. Yeah. Um, so my parents uh, saw that I had potential, and they... Uh, Could you they, see at the time? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. My, we, we used to ride bikes together. Like right, we used right. to go from Walnut Orchard Lake and dra- and right up to Lone Pine and Orchard to go to see uh, ride it at that time. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, probably. I mean, it was funny. Five and eight, you know. Yeah. We, we, we madmen, man. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I got story after story, which oh, I'll yeah. get into later. But I, I actually one time, a couple times, I drove to Martin. You know, Martin used to live right across West Bloomfield High School. Martin who? Martin Mana. Oh, I never heard of him. <laughs> okay, so he used to he used to live right across West Bloomfield, and I actually rode my bike out to his house a couple of times by myself. Jeez. Yeah, I know he was. He said the same thing. He said, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So. So, uh, I I started taking piano lessons at about nine years old, um, and when I was in middle school and early high school, I entered uh, a few recitals. Uh, thanks to my piano instructor at the time, and I won second place in a couple of them. Mm. Um, so in high school, it was a huge uh, turning point for me uh, as far as everything, socially, uh, mentally, my outlook on life. Uh, high school was pretty pretty deep time for me. Um, is it dark or de- is it, was it a dark time? It was bittersweet. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's 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 my favorite time to remember now when I look back at it. Right. Right. Um, I did a lot of growing up during that time. Uh, it, so I would say when about my sophomore year, um, you know, there were probably at that time there were probably about twenty or thirty Chaldeans. Yeah. You know, I think in all of West Bloomfield. 
Yeah. Like as a family, there was probably 20, 30 families maybe. At that oh time. no, no, there were there were lots there was lots more. Uh, there were more than twenty or thirty. I mean, they were scattered though. Like you had people at Brother Rice, you had people at Andover, right. and you had people at West Bloomfield. You know, so um, West Bloomfield, and, and so when I was about tenth grade, um, uh, I started kind of experience. You know, that's the age when. I was about 16, and everybody, you know, all my friends, my cousins around me, uh, you know, were getting their licenses, mm-hmm. were getting their cars. I mean, and you remember all those days. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. The IROCs, the Corvettes. Oh, yeah. The, I, had a, I had them all. <laughs> exactly. Mustangs. So, so uh, you know, this was the age where I'm supposed to be getting my license, and it didn't happen. Mm. Um, and so I started very, very slowly realizing the... You know what I couldn't do, yeah. And socially, as far you know, because of being blind, mm-hmm. um, and it actually kind of sent me into a bit of a depression. Mm. Um, so, and and like my close family didn't really know about it. I never really opened up. I sort of became withdrawn. A couple of my close cousins, who I was, you know, a couple of cousins who I was close to at the time, knew some things about it because I would open up to them here and there. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I I kind of became withdrawn. Um, you know, kind of started living in a, basically my own world, you know, uh, where you kind of just fantasize about having the things that you don't have, Yeah. you know, um, and, uh, high school progressed, uh, I always did pretty well in terms of, you know, academically, grade-wise, I did fairly well, uh, senior, you know, senior year, uh, was, you know, it was, it was pretty sad because I really did love high school. Um, the camaraderie was great. You know, all the Chaldeans got along there. The Chaldeans got along with the Jews. The Jews were great. You know, we loved our Jewish brothers and sisters. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I still have a lot of them on my page to, the, you know, on my Facebook page. You know, we connected with them and whatnot. And you, you, you you're going to start losing them if you if you if, if you're giving up the battles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these guys boring. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So what? So talk about the music. What what happened with the music? Uh, so as years went by, technology <clears throat> improved for the blind. I went to college, I got my associate's degree in liberal arts at OCC, went to U of D Mercy, got my uh, bachelor's, a double major in English and communications, Damn. then got my master's from there as well in public relations and marketing. Jeez. Um, the, whole, the whole while, uh, my music basically grew with me. I started getting, I started learning, you know, uh, pieces uh, by like Elton John, Chicago, Journey, Phil Collins. Those were my, probably my biggest influences. I was more like a, even you know, in playing piano, when I, I was more of a pop guy. I wasn't the classical yeah. guy. Right, right. You know, um, so I just started you know, getting more used to and and because I love their music. You know, mm-hmm. these guys, the guys I mentioned. So I started playing like them and playing some of their pieces and whatnot. Yeah. Also, uh, when I in my first years of first few years of college, I also uh, started training in karate. Um, and Fox News actually in 1990 did a feature story on me. Nice. I was one of the few blind martial artists in the country. Um, so I was featured on there in December of 1990. How does that work? Like, how, how does the striking work with? Because it's karate is mostly striking. So how does that? How does that work if you cannot see the, the your opponent? The so you learn all the strikes, um, and you eventually learn to. To sense, um, it takes years and years of, of, of practice, and yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get to that, unfortunately. <clears throat> I, I got a green belt, but you learn to sense, you know, oncoming, uh, or or you can just Is that tell. Why they call him a sensei. 
No, no, okay. that's just a that's a, just a Japanese word for for master. But okay. uh, yeah, but uh, the 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 key is to uh, try to grapple them down, you know, before they can strike. Right, 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 right. You know, so that's that's really the the whole idea. Uh, oh. But it's definitely good. You want to demonstrate on Junior? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've done that plenty it's, of times. It's been there. It's, it's been there and done that. Well, before before that, he was, before he even got into martial arts, I mean, he was working out heavily. Oh, you I know remember what I'm saying? That. Oh, yeah, he was, oh he, I was. Uh, I actually, pythons, man. What was, the biggest, put, what was the biggest point you had your uh, your biceps at one time? Uh, I had about twenty inches. And and what didn't you hit some record in high school? Yeah, I held. I actually held three uh, records in high school. I held the military press at the time. I was weighing about one. 70 and I was military pressing 225 pounds. Um, I deadlifted 385. I was like pressing 600 pounds. Jeez. You know, and uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, so I was heavily into into powerlifting, and I was you always. Had guy, you had a guy in your, uh, in your grade that was, or maybe he was a year younger than you, that was going to the, uh, going to the Olympics or something, right, for powerlifting. You remember this little short guy? Was it? Oh, bodybuilder. Yeah. The, it, was his yeah. name John Shore? Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Shore. I yeah, yeah, real short guy, real <laughs> yeah. stocky. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We'll talk about what happened to him after the uh, when we cut the when we cut cut the, uh, to the rolling. You know, I I actually became friends with him, but I stopped seeing. I mean, after he graduated, when uh-huh. I never, never heard from him or never saw him again. But yeah, maybe. he was. Yeah. Uh, so so I, yeah, that that was him, and I, I was actually inspired. Even I actually started lifting in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I was actually inspired by guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, and most of all, I used to watch you know the pro wrestling back in the day. Yeah, oh yeah. And, I mean, those guys when they when they cut their promos and stuff, they <laughs> get you inspired to do to do great in your day. You know, they come oh, yeah. out there, hey brother, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and get you all fired up. And I was actually fortunate. Is your boy the Hulk? Oh, I, lo- I used to love Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, but my favorites of all time in Junior Noses were the Road Warriors. Yeah. Um, I hope to get a. I hope we can get the picture on our on our roll with yeah, this. Yeah, we will. Because if you see him as big as he's telling you what he did, yeah, he stood in between the two of them and and, and they had. I mean, they were massive. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I have they the picture a, on my keychain actually. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like a puny guy compared to those big <laughs> fellas. You know, and and those guys actually. Uh, you know, you'd watch them and stuff, and they'd motivate you, man. Like, when you're having a downer day, you know, oh, yeah. you were, like, pissed off at life, you know, you'd go watch one of these guys in their interviews, and they're screaming and going crazy and stuff. You're like, you know what, man? F this shit. I'm going to go do it, too. <laughs> All right, right. You know? You, you got to give a shout-out to Yusuf Sawa for always making it happen, right? He, yeah. he was able to give us the Bushwhackers, he, you know what I'm saying, and the Warriors, and he took us to a lot of those events himself, too. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did that. You know, he'd get, the, he'd get us the free tickets and whatnot, too. Um, so so a, a, after after martial arts and stuff, what 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 was next up after that and going through school? Uh, so I graduated uh, U of D um, with my bachelor's in '97. Then I finished my master's in 2000. Uh, then it became an issue of job hunting. Um, it was pretty difficult. Employers like to discriminate. It's changed very slowly. You know, it's a little bit easier now, especially too with technology advancing. Technology's done, done wonders. Like you know, there are there are some obviously some jobs and tasks that you can't not perform, right? Mm-hmm. But now there's such a wide of a, a range of, of things that you know you can do that with you can you can crush it. Yeah, with technology for sure. Definitely, and it's the technology that actually brought me into uh, getting involved with a recording studio. I also play out live with. 
I have a band with Mark Cassa and Janelle Franco, and uh, you know, we we do we just did the Ladies of Charity event this past weekend. It was mm-hmm. a phenomenal event, uh, well well put together, and those you events know, are always very well put together. Yeah. They are um, lots of fun, and we had, we had fun, and the crowd loved it, and uh, but. It's the technology that really got me into the whole idea of production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the screen readers made music recording software accessible. Yeah. Uh, so in about, uh, I would say, 2006 is when I started doing a studio right at home. Uh, we all lived together. We had a house in Farmington Hills. You know, I first started out of the basement, then I moved out into the, remember the old, ba- well, it's now where the chamber is now. Uh, I was in the basement for about four years there. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, moved into my own place on Maple and Orchard Lake. And I just, you know, started establishing my name as, as a, you know, producer locally. Where, where are you at at Maple and Orchard? Well, actually, now I'm doing it out of my basement okay. again. Okay, gotcha. But, yeah, before I was right across the street from Plum Market. Okay. You know? Um, but, and yeah. Then, so, so you have a, you, you do your production. What, what kind of production do you do? I do everything. Uh, I've, I do from, you know, full albums for artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way to I do you know, podcasting for clients who want it. I create on hold uh, phone messages for businesses. Uh, create you know advertising commercial jingles. So I do it all. Yeah, um, you know. And I, you actually did the uh, intro music to the uh, Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I did. Yeah, you did. Also, your first album that you did and produced itself was what two thousand or two thousand and one. Uh, on the June? Yeah, that was when I had a, when I was with the Chaldean band. I had my own Chaldean band for about four years. Uh, that went pretty well. Uh, just kind of decided to to leave it alone and pursue other endeavors. I got more involved with English music, you know, and and started producing for artists like uh, Mark Cassa and his band Slight Return. And Mark actually uh, produced some songs with the singer of who sings with Carlos Santana, mm-hmm. and I was actually one of the engineers uh, on those tracks. Mark recorded his guitar tracks with me. Oh, nice. Um, Steve Atcho records with me uh, sometimes as well. So, you know, I do stuff for, for artists who are, who are recognized, you know. Uh, I've produced, you know, things for them. I produce other uh, albums for, for different local singers as well. And now I've gotten into producing podcasts. I do some for the Chaldean News. Uh, I also produce podcasts for uh, ECRC. Uh, they have their own crew. They just come in, and I basically engineer for them. Uh, so the the, Ke- the Chaldean News podcast mm-hmm. is something that they asked you to 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 kick off, right? You know, and what's it called? It, it was it was basically a joint thing. I approached mm-hmm. Martin one day. I said, Martin, which he he already was kind of aware of this, but I don't think he was really ready to initiate take you know getting it to take off. But I said, Martin, I said. Everything's going digital so much. I said, "Why don't we start doing some podcasting?" And he loved the idea. Yeah, you know. And he said, "Why?" He said, "Why don't we?" And he said, "You know, you can just take charge of it." And I said, yeah. "Okay, great." You know, I mean, I have all the equipment. I have all the all the means to do it. He said, "You know, go for it." So, How much have you have you invested in your equipment in your studio? Uh, you know, I I have uh, I take pride in it. Um, it's not only my livelihood, it's my hobby as well. So you know how that goes. Yeah, for sure. You know, you always want to have great equipment. Uh, I mean, I've, I've probably, over the years, we're talking about 14 years, I've probably invested 50 grand. Wow. You know, you know, and I I always buy, and I love buying vintage equipment too, you know, because it sounds better in my opinion. That's just my opinion. You know, it sounds better. It's, it's, it was built better. 
so so some of the equipment in my studio is vintage some of it is new it's up to date you know it's just how i see whatever i see fit talk about uh, the natty yeah, a little the, bit yeah i was gonna say to you, you started you started um that for a while you somewhat influenced us to get to this point here for us because my you know many people don't know pre me reaching out to anthony and seeing that was you and i talking and said to you you know what do you have going on with it and you said you know i, I i'm on my way out um there's there it's just it's so time consuming with what i've got going on other things are popping off that's when i said let me reach out to anthony while he's doing this and he's being with the chamber and we create our own show and and do a flip because the the naughty was little naughty was different than the keeping up with the Chaldean. so mm -hmm. let people know what that was and and, and, and you laid gonna... you laid the uh, foundation yeah. for us. Yes. For the, those who get you're like the, you're like uh, Michael Jordan. Sure. Yeah. You're the more Michael Jordan of the podcasting yeah. industry. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, uh, so the Nadi actually started off as a radio show, which Junior will remember. I it, it was we used to rec we used to record it at uh, my studio on Maple and Orchard because Junior was on there too. Sometimes uh, it started off as a, pod, a radio podcast, uh, you know, through radio uh, internet radio. Uh, that was back in 2014. It was in September of that year, about three months after the ISIS takeover. Uh, I thought it would be good to start a show that would pretty much be no holds barred. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, being still still maintaining a form of, you know, some semblance of respect between our listeners and ourselves. But it was still no holds barred, meaning I wanted basically just a platform where people could express themselves and where we could talk about anything and everything, you know, that was taboo in the community. Just kind of bring it out to the surface because honestly, I think we have a tendency as a community to sweep too many things under the rug. Yeah. And when you sweep things under the rug, they don't get dealt with; they get repressed. Right. So when you, it's just like putting a lid on a boiling pot. What happens to it? Eventually, it explodes. Yeah. So why not deal with it in a healthy way? Bring it out to the surface. Talk about it. Have healthy, you know, constructive discussions instead of just trying to keep it taboo or keep it hidden all the time. So. What are some of the topics that you guys covered? Oh, I mean, we've done gays in the community. We've talked about how disabled people are treated in the community. We've talked about divorce, uh, dating outside the community. Drug addiction. Uh, drug addiction. That was probably our biggest one. Actually, that was our biggest one. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked about so many things. Porn? Uh, porn? Uh, I mean, that could have been under addiction, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so, and then we stopped uh, the radio show for about a year and a half, and then I I talked to one of the guys who was with me from the beginning, and I said, "Listen, who's that?" Uh, Steve Colano. Okay. Yeah, I said, "Listen, I said we need to go video. We need to start doing Facebook Live because video always gets more attention." Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we live in a, a very visual society. Yes. Sure. You know, you could be a crappy entertainer. But if you know what you're doing on stage, you can yeah. be like a crappy singer, I should say. If you know how to entertain people and woo them on stage, visually, I mean, you're chilling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That CNC CNC Music Factory when they when they were they were they weren't really singing. It was the, the, Melly Vanilli. Melly Vanilli is a great one too. But oh, they, they weren't they weren't the actual singers. They no, were, they had they one of their guys singing and they were lip singing on stage. But yeah. they look so good on stage <laughs> dancing and girl, you know it's true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe you should uh, consider lip singing. I, I, yeah, I, I have. Have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, nice. He's got yeah. unbelievable talent behind the scenes. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, dance around in my G-string. <laughs> you wear G-strings, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You got to. Good to know. So mm -hmm. so that that Naughty show helped you go through other spinoffs that you're now involved in with the community. 
Yeah, I mean, doing the Facebook Live, it, it helped it helped build all of, you know, whoever was involved, I think it helped build our personalities for radio or TV. How many views did you, your, your Facebook Lives used to get? I know it was a big number. On average, we were getting, uh, I mean, it would, it would be anywhere from 20, you know, 2,000 to, to 3,000. That's crazy. Uh, but the, the one that we did on drug addiction got over 10,000 views and about 330 shares. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, you know, and it was, it happened, we, we actually did it in a month where we had, I think, three deaths in the community from that. Oh, jeez. Yep. It was pretty bad. Wow. Uh, so, I, yeah, it was, it was a tragedy, man. Terrible. But it was good. Yeah. At least you were br- able to bring, bring that up to awareness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because as, as Chaldeans, we stereotype quick yeah. in many cases beca- because of, you know, we've evolved, but again, we stereotype very fast. We do. And, and we also like to disguise things. And there was a denial. Like, like, oh, big time. Yep. yep. You know, I, uh, I, so when I was, I was working for the Chaldean Foundation for about almost two years. Uh, I started with them when we first launched. They have a program for the disabled. It's called Breaking Barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had approached Martin about a year before I actually worked there. I said, Martin. What do you think about, I know you're doing the foundation, what do you think about doing a program for the disabled? Because I'd like to work there. He said, you know, it's a great idea. He said, we're working on grant money. Let's stay in touch. So uh, a year later, the program launched. Um, I was hired there. And you would not believe how many people were trying to, especially the newcomers, you know, the refugees and whatnot. You would not believe how many of them were trying to hide their child being disabled. You know, they wouldn't let them socialize and... Mm. It was pretty bad, and, and luckily, uh, Sue Katula, who has run the program... Her um, name has come up so much, man. She's such a she's a hell of angel, a woman. man. She's, <laughs> she's done a phenomenal job with the program, yep. uh, and the whole program itself has, has been great. They've done a great job with bringing these guys, uh, you know, out from their little cubby hole, as, you know, as, you, as we could put it. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job bringing them out. They've, they've put together great social events for these people. You know, so say they've they've done a great job. Uh, you know, hats off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then we stopped the Nadi and and you know, Junior approached me. and He said, "Are you going to continue?" That? I said, "To be honest with you, not right now." He said, "Because first he goes, you know, what do you think about me taking over?" I said, "You know, yeah, why not?" And then he came up and he said, "You know what? We're going to do something different. You know, I talked to Anthony Toma. We're going to do this, keeping up with the Chaldeans." I said, "It's a great idea." Go for it. Yeah. You know, and uh, obviously you guys have done great. You know, you're doing Thanks. great. Thank you. Um, it's it's going to be a year what, in July? Uh, around May, June, right? Yeah, May, June. Or May, June. June. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you're almost at your anniversary. Yeah. Yep. You know, so, uh, you know, keep it's up the great work. your anniversary. See what I mean about lips yeah. singing? Yeah. 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 So sing, uh, you should write, write us some music. Write me a track so I can sing on it. I was, you know, I've always thought about doing maybe like Chaldean versions of some Two Life Crew songs. What do you think? Yeah, hell yeah. Right? Why not? The, the clean version, right? The clean version, yeah. Yeah, like, we want some pacha. Right? <laughs> hey, 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 we want some pacha. <laughs> See? Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's catchy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so right now, you ended that, you ended the naughty, and you've now been focusing on, on what? Uh, you know, I, I basically, I'm just kind of uh, selling my services as far as production. Um, you know, like I said, ECRC has hired me to handle their podcasting. I'm not hosting their podcasting, but I am engineering them uh, completely and, and producing them at my studio. And who are um, those guys that come on there? Uh, Jeff Kassab is one of them. His partner is uh, Pilaris Hockey. Okay. Uh, we also have Sean A.R. He does his own podcasting through sure. them as well. 
Um, so if anyone wants podcasting services, they can reach out to you? Absolutely. Okay. Professionally done. You can go check them out, whether it's Chaldean News. Uh, ECRC, I don't think, has posted any of theirs yet. They just started, but Chaldean News, go to chaldeannews.com, click on podcast, and away you go. Yeah. Nice. So, so with, if say I wanted to start a podcast, and obviously we were already doing one, but if I wanted to start one and I had no idea where to go, I call you and then you, you bring the equipment to them or they bring themselves to you? They just, they come to my studio, you know, okay. they sit down, I set up a table for them. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, I can bring, even bring chai if they want. You yeah. Know, yeah. With that. With that. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, they they usually ask me for tips of the you know tips and tricks of the trade. Yeah, uh, I'm usually you know happy to help them out. Um, and you, know, you edit it all, and or is it is yeah? This a, okay, I edit everything. I put I I give them their intro music, their outro stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all that for them, you know, and send them over the podcast once it's complete, and they just they post it and market it. Gotcha. How, how's the ones with the Chaldean news been going? Who's who's uh, some of the people you've had on there? Uh, so the first one we had Martin. Uh, and Martin Mana and Sharon Hanawa from the Chaldean Foundation. Shay Shay. Yeah, and Martin. Uh, Martin basically talked about the direction of the of the news, where it's headed. You know what he wants to see and whatnot. Sharon talked about the programs and the services of the foundation. Uh, then we had Rena Abro from Shnama Foundation. She talked about the organization and what they're currently doing. Oh, she's and, awesome. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Was just recently. Chris there too or no? No. Okay, just Rena. Chris Sessi. Chris, I forgot his last name. Yeah, he's with Shnama too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm, pretty sure, yep. I'm pretty sure it's Chris Sessi. Okay. Yeah, he was not there. It was just Rena Call. Basically, uh, for for the Chaldean News, what they do, like, they'll call in. They can call in, and I interview them. So they don't even have to come to the studio. They oh, can wow. just call in, and, yeah, and uh, I interview them. Um, also, Mira, formerly AFPD, is going to start podcasting with me as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, so. Cool. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's all going well. And, uh, what about um, you had your stuff with the uh, on hold music that you do? Yeah, me? that I've done for some good, great clients as well. I, I've done for DMB Grocers, Bobby Hassano. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Bobby. Yeah. Good old Bobby. Yeah, um, I've done for team. the, you know, I still, uh, still am doing them. I've done them for the past five years for the Chamber and the Foundation, and still I'm doing them. Uh, and now I'm going to do some for the Chaldean News as well. Um, you know, so I've had I've done some for Heartland Market, you know, Marcasa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are those are out there too, and you can. What do we, what do we find at uh, OmarBinu.com? You can hear some demos. Uh, some of the uh, most of them are older, but you can still hear some demos of my work. Uh, you know, there's some on hold phone messages you can hear. Uh, you can hear some samples of my, you know, music that I can produce for for artists and whatnot. That's a bit older. I've done a lot of stuff since then. Like I said, I. I did an entire album for Mark Cassa on Slight Return, and then I recorded his guitar tracks for the songs that were with uh, Andy Vargas, who was the singer from Carlos Santana. Right, so right. And I was pretty happy to be a part of that project as well. You and also the, and that uh, track has been uh, charting, right? Oh, it's it's charts. been on the world rock charts. Uh, yeah. I mean, it made like number thirteen on the world rock charts. That's yep. insane. Yep. He was on there with guys like Ozzy Osbourne and uh, yeah. you know guys like that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So so I see, we see Mark on a, a lot of the. Uh, Music award shows and stuff like you see him on. on he goes to the Grammys. Yeah, he goes to yeah, it's kind of cool. Music awards. Yeah, he's on the board of the Michigan chapter or the Chicago chapter of the Grammys. Oh, nice. So he's actually he can vote. You know which no artists. Oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah, he's got voting privileges. He's got some funny 
memes that he puts up all hilarious the time. oh yeah hilarious. cracks me the fuck up yeah. every day <laughs> it, 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 you know what i'm saying to, to have to be at that age and go through what you go through and you still have that sense of humor <laughs> yeah oh yeah this goes show you know he's yeah. he's, he's a big kid it's at heart in a way, you know yeah. so so you you um you worked with uh lawrence guriel right mm-hmm and many people who haven't seen it should go see it. But you created a documentary. Lawrence Goriel um, does uh, photography and he does he okay. does um, uh, film editing as well. He's worked with the community as well too and other things. But him and him and Omar made a documentary. You want to explain to our viewers what it is and where they can find it? I uh, I've wanted to do a I had want, been wanting to do a documentary a tribute to all of our people who have been killed in their place of business. Oh wow. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've uh, circulated. If, I've seen it. It's it's uh, it's touching, man. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's some very sad and inspiring stories. Yeah. You know, sad but inspiring, I should say. Yes. Yeah. You know, because you always learn. You always have to learn from these kind of. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. They can either darken you or make you wiser. Yes. It's your choice. Yeah, it yep. is definitely your choice. You know, so so uh, I did a tribute for those people, and uh, Lawrence actually shot the footage. Um, you were creating. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, another guy was uh, another guy shot the footage. Uh, uh, one of Mark Cassa's guys sh- actually shot it, um, but he was unable to complete it. Lawrence uh, actually did all the editing, which was great. He did a oh, great wow. job with that. Um, and so we posted it. Uh, you can find them both on my page and, and Lawrence's page if you go to YouTube and go to Omar Binu. Uh, just you know, type in Omar Binu on my channel will come up. It's on there. It's called uh, "The Living Years: A Chaldean Tribute." Um, and it's I use B's, right? B I N N O. Yeah. Yep. Yep. B I N N O. Um, and I got a bunch of singers from the community. We we did a rendition of uh, Mike and the Mechanics, The Living Years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was that was at the end of the video. That was dedicated to all of them. That that was the first time I I, I believe you as well. Thirty five years, because it was about ten years ago that that, that it dropped, right? It's around 2000. 2000. It dropped in, uh, I believe, 12. October tenth of two thousand twelve. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so when he, when he dropped it, that that interview was the first time that we were made aware of how everything transpired the night of our father's death. Oh yeah, because my 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 uncle who was who became our stepdad was I, he was one of the ones I interviewed and. Yeah, I, I yeah, that yeah, was a crazy so. story, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, he was he was there. He was in the store. My cousin Kalon was there too. Keith. Yeah. What up, Keith? What up, Keith? My brother, <laughs> right? You know, but I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 been a tough it's been a tough road, but you know, it's also the you know sometimes sometimes you get sad. Yeah, of course. you know, sure. but there's there's a kind of beauty and sadness itself because it teaches you. you well, know? you're wearing that cross, so you know you, we know you have faith. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was always I always was you know had the faith. But you know it's funny because I was actually inspired to be to draw close even closer to my faith. Uh, I was I got involved with books like Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia. They're both fantasy novels, mm-hmm. and their authors were, you know, extremely Christian. Uh, Lord of the Rings author Tolkien was Catholic. C.S. Lewis was, uh, you know, uh, Anglican Christian, and they were both extremely philosophical in the works and. Believe it or not, they they brought me even closer to my faith, and, and even a lot of my my views in life have been shaped by those works. Because, you know, yeah, they were fantasy, but they incorporated a lot of Christian themes and philosophy into those works, and they they wow. taught me a lot. You That's know? interesting. 
So, so, so big old. So get your kids some, into that stuff. Some yeah. real quick funny stories that I want to share with the with the viewers is uh, uh, Junior was talking earlier about um, getting getting popped or whatever by somebody who's blind. So Junior one night, we, you know, we used to share a room when we were kids. And uh, he kept talking. I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, dude, shut up. And he wouldn't. So I had my cane under my bed, right? And it was completely dark. There were no lights on, right? So I, he's talking, talking. I quietly went under my bed, you know, reached under my bed. I grabbed my cane, and I just swung it. You know, he was on my right, and I just swung it, and it cracked him smack in the mouth. Oh, jeez. Huh? Swallowed up my lip. <laughs> <laughs> Swallowed up my lip. Was that it? Was that the end of the the, the uh, confrontation? That, oh, he got quiet after that. <laughs> he went to sleep after that, boy. <laughs> But then we have some, we have some great stories. I mean, Martin and I, you know, Martin. Out of all the guys I was friends with in high school, Martin Mana and I have are the only ones who, you know, Martin is the only one who I've kept in touch with and who kept in touch with me consistently after high school. Yeah, I mean, it's been thirty years, and you know, we've we've always stayed in touch. We've never lost touch. But Martin, it's funny because he was the one who, when I first went, you know, got to us Bloomfield, Martin was assigned. First, we had a, a you know a guy show me around, and Martin's like, "Dude, let me just do it." Oh, so God. he'd come get me from at the end of each class, and he walked me to the next class. So one day he was late, right, and it was the last class. And this is a, I don't know if you've heard, I'm sure you've heard this story, Anthony. Okay, then so remind me. It was the last it was the last class, and Martin was late picking me up. So he got there like a minute before the bell rings. So I'm getting out, I'm walking out, get my stuff together, walking out, and the bell rings, right? Martin, like, Omar, walk a little faster. So I'm walking, right? And I used to carry this big book bag. It was about 40 pounds heavy. <laughs> so we're walking really fast, and the door, one of the classroom doors opens on the right, and this girl comes running out, right? And I bulldoze into her. her with my bag, right? <laughs> Clocked her, you know? And <laughs> she fell on the floor. She fell on the floor, literally, right? And you and he, like you could hear her get the wind knocked out of her. She's like, oh! <laughs> right? She falls, and Martin looks at me for a second and goes, Omar, run, you mother effer. <laughs> so we ran. <laughs> we don't know what happened to the girl. No, so, man. So, they didn't Omar, shut the school down, so no. you're good. No, so we were good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so we just took Bunch off and we left. Damn Chaldeans. You, you, right. got, you, got, you, you just had the experience of being with all the man of brothers, period, inside, oh, yeah. that, inside that school was just a, a, whole, a whole... Yeah, we, we, I did dealt with Robert. Uh, well, Robert was there in, in our... He was a senior when, when we were freshmen, and... Uh, you know, that, that was a fun, fun time. And, um, you know, but then it was just, was the Hannah Manna there too, teaching or something? No. Oh, she wasn't? No, she wasn't. She was at ESL or something? She was, yeah, I, I think she was always at Oak Park High School. Okay, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that was. Miss Farage was at, um. Miss Farage was at, uh, Bloomfield. (laughs) That's another one who I see now a lot more often. It's it's nice to see her too, you know. That's nice. Yeah, it's, uh. So so oh we we um we discussed the stuff that you do you do stuff with podcasts you help out people with audio music on hold, you work with the Chaldean News itself, and you're experienced as a as, as a pianist right. Mm-hmm. So what other what other things did we miss anything that that we want to let the viewers know uh, before we lead into to uh, taking off. Uh, I, you know not not really I just uh, I mean those who know me see me at. Uh, Holy Cross and Mother of God on Sunday. I play the piano there as well yeah. at both churches. And uh, it's Do they very... ever call you a pianist? A pianist. Pianist. Yeah, pianist. Okay. <laughs> Not a pianist. No. 
Okay. okay. Get your mind out of the gutter, gotcha, please. Gotcha, gotcha. You get your mind out of the gutter, I'll get my eyes out of the gutter. Never, How about that? Never happened. So, right. Is there people you want to give a shout-out to that while you're on here? You gave Martin definitely a shout-out. Mark you know, Oh, geez. Mark uh, I want to give Mark Mark Cassa a shout-out. Mark is a phenomenal guitarist, a great musician, very motivated. Uh, he inspires me. So yeah. uh, give a shout-out to Rafa Yeldu, who's been one of my greatest friends oh, yeah. uh, in recent years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, another shout-out that... That I know a lot of people do, but I do want to give is uh, Bishop Francis. God bless. Uh, Bishop Francis has probably seen me through some of the darkest times in my life, and if he hasn't seen me go through them, he knows about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not very many people know me the way Bishop Francis does. He has who, been. Who taught you how to drive? Was it Bishop Francis or Rafid? Uh, it was actually Bishop Francis. It was his idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was his idea. You know. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, but he's been a great great mentor, great person to to be there when I need to talk needed to talk to somebody. And so shout out shout out to him too. Uh, anybody else that I that I didn't mention, please. It was not intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have a great group of close friends. Um, I have great cousins. You know, when we were growing up, my mom always encouraged us to. She always encouraged them to to help me out and stuff, and they never, they were always great. They never saw me as different. You know, they were always helpful. And so, shout out to to my close cousins, and uh, you know, who's your favorite nephew or niece? Oh, jeez, <laughs> get you killed. That's a t- that's a that's a, you know. Uh, they each. Ha- I look at them like this. They each have their have. A unique life yeah they each have a unique story that they're gonna tell and I love every single one of them in a different way mm-hmm. you know uh, that's that's just what it is yeah it's kind of like different colors you know yeah, yeah each each color has its own place in life so yeah. each of my nephews and nieces have their own place in my life colors you know? colors. exactly yep. colors something like that so we got a lot of music themes in this uh, episode yes must be a big old Wiggles uh, aura. We, we just want to hear, hey, we want some, some pacha. pacha. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll create the beat. You guys, do, you guys want to write the lyrics? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, really, we should do a little uh, episode yeah, on like, like Chaldean, yeah. Yeah. translated Chaldean uh, uh, music. Yeah. We could. We should. Even the words. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, what is yeah, that? Like, what do you mean? You're cursing like, somebody's ass. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that would be fun. So usually, um, before we wrap up the show, um, Anthony had started a great question. He's got one for you right now. So we want to see how you're going to answer this one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the question is, Dekhil Babulu. No, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) I hope hope you edit that because you don't want the priest seeing that. (laughs) No, no, we (laughs) cut that out. Okay, okay. (laughs) So actually the question is, uh, what does it mean to you to be Chaldean? Um, I, I love being Chaldean because... You know, I think we have a great, great sense of family values. Mm-hmm. Uh, families are well-knit. Uh, and because we're such a small community, uh, people know what I'm doing before I do. Yeah, right. You know, so you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what makes uh, being Chaldean fun. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's got some negatives. You know, I, I, I have fought... You know, and others have fought to see some change with how, um, you know, people who are disabled are treated by members of the community. You know, there is still that condescension. There is still some of that, a lot of that pitying. 
And unfortunately, you know, that you some of it, you know, you're sometimes you're seen as second rate. You know, it's caused issues as far as dating and marriage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, doing the right thing, continuing to do, you know, what you do and staying positive, you know, it's it's hopeful that in years to come people will change and, you know, more doors will will open up and the stereotyping will start to eventually fade away. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think we're, you know, like... Chaldeans are so aggressive in terms of entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, for example, I mean, look how many lawyers, engineers, uh, business owners we've we've had come along the way, you know, since the early 2000s until now. You know, and just starting starting new things and and you know, veering off, thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's happening more and more. Uh, if there's still some of that where okay, if this guy if this guy owns a store, I'm going to go own a store too. Mm-hmm. You still see some of that, but I think people are more and more starting to think out of the box, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, I think as a small community, we're making a big impact on this state. Huge. You know, and and eventually in years to come, I think we're going to be you know making an impact on the country. So I, I think we're doing great. Well, thanks for finally joining us on the show. We appreciate you coming out. Thank and, you for uh, having me. We'll close it out with uh, our new theme song. Hey, we want some pacha. <laughs> Look for that soon on omarbinu.com. Make sure you guys click the link and hit like on our uh, on our subscription for keeping up with the Chaldeans on YouTube. And anything else you want to find us on, just go to keeping up with the Chaldeans on our uh, webpage and you'll find everything and anything on there to be able to uh, find out what we're up to. So it was awesome having you on, Omar. Thank you uh, for having me. Great. Signing off from myself, Junior Bindu, and my co-host, Anthony Toma. Until next, we see you all. Later.